Hello, and welcome to Endpoint Management Today, the Big Fix podcast. I, my name is Rhonda Studnick-Kaiser, and I'm the Director of Customer Experience for Big Fix. And I'm James Stewart, Big Fix Automation with Python Expert. So it's been nearly a year since Big Fix version 10 was released. It was a big release with a lot of new capabilities, and we've just continued to innovate since then. Today, we're going to dive into the features we started with, how Big Fix has evolved, and our path forward for 2021 and beyond. We're going to be talking with a number of folks across Big Fix today, diving into the core functionality we released and the direction we're heading with those products a year later. We're starting out today with our friend Michelle from the product management team to talk about Big Fix V10, where we started and why we focused on these parts to start with. Welcome, Michelle. Hey, thanks, James. So let's talk about V10. So what 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 is or what was or what has become Big Fix V10? Hey, um, so Rhonda, Big Fix V10 was both a foundational and a transformational release for us here in Big Fix. You know, it was foundational because we introduced modern client management, the first version of that. We introduced multi-cloud management for AWS and Azure, and we added uh, Google Cloud support just a couple months after that. Um, and then we also released Big Fix Insights, which is has enabled us to release IVR, which is an integration that sits on top of that. So foundational in that we've introduced a lot of new capabilities. And then it's also transformational. It really um, demonstrates our ability to execute, to come up with something new, um, and just how much investment that we've gotten here since HCL has taken on the ownership of the Big Fix business. And Big Fix IVR stands for Big Fix Insight Vulnerability Remediation? Yes, sir, it does. You know, uh, we get so used to uh, using acronyms here. So <laughs> thanks for catching that and making sure we're clear about it. Absolutely. So what business problems are we trying to solve with our customers with Big Fix V10? Yeah, um, so Big Fix has always been... Um, able to demonstrate value in the areas of tool simplification, reduced uh, cost and complexity of the infrastructure, and continuous compliance. So that reduces risk. So we've added you know, some additional capabilities to really bring another dimension of that there. And something new that we're doing is we're bringing other teams together. In some organizations, the team that manages mobile devices is a separate team from the um, the folks using Big Fix. In some cases, the folks who are provisioning and managing the cloud infrastructure is a separate team from the folks using Big Fix. And often, um, you know, security operations will be using products that need data from Big Fix. So, uh, security operations typically manages the um, vulnerability scanning solution. And so Big Fix integrates with that. So all together, we're really bringing these teams together with visibility of the endpoint data on both sides, the ability to use those you know, industry-leading solutions and to leverage the services that come with those industry-leading solutions. I think that's really amazing that we're enabling all of these teams to work together more seamlessly and easier. I think that's a really cool perspective. Yeah. No spreadsheets. <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. That's always the goal. Rhonda, you came from one of our customers, and I think you probably saw you know, the disparities in visibility for endpoint data across teams. Is that 
Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's totally accurate. You know, there was always, you know, in order to get a real picture of the organization, you had to go to, you know, 10 or yeah, at least 10, you know, different different folks to get, you know, data about you know, if you wanted to look at mobile devices, if you wanted to look at cloud devices, if you wanted to, you know, in some cases, you know, there were big fix instances that we didn't have access to. So we were getting reports from those guys uh, separately. So, you know, there was a lot of um, like mixing and matching and manual correlation and trying to, you know, get a picture of the enterprise as a whole. So, yeah, the ability to do all of this in a single interface um, to be able to see, you know, all of those those various endpoints and and whether they're managed. I mean, you know, one of the things that's really interesting with this capability is that, you know, especially with Safe Cloud, for instance, we don't we don't have to have a big fix agent on an endpoint to be able to get some information, you know, especially using those those cloud APIs, we don't have to have that to get that information, right? Same thing with some of our mobile devices and some of the plans going forward. So you can see those things and you can, you know, you can get some level of information about what's out there without actually having an agent on it. And then if where you need to and where you want to, you can bring them under manageability, you know, by bringing that agent to the to the endpoint so that that, you know, just broadens the capability over time. I think that's something we haven't touched on a lot is that BigFix Insights actually works with multiple BigFix root servers and brings that data together, which is interesting. Right. And then, yeah, and then the future correlation with not BigFix. <laughs> so, you know, that's where uh, Insights for Vulnerability Remediation really plays, which we'll talk about later on today. So, Michelle, you know, in the early days, what were our customers saying? You know, so, so last April, last May, what were we hearing from our customers when we launched the product? Well, leading up to launching the product, we were um, showing our roadmap to our customers and, and business partners and asking them, you know, hey, what do you think? And the response was really cautious, but optimistic. The, the feedback that we got was, this is great. You're absolutely going in the right direction, but, you know, I need to see it because, you know, we had never um, demonstrated the ability to deliver at this size of an organization, you know, we've grown significantly. And so I think everybody was wondering if we could pull it off. And then when we released on time um, with the expected uh, capabilities that we had promised, I think everybody was really excited and thrilled because they knew that we were able to deliver. And since then, we've had a number of releases already extending on those initial capabilities and the feedback has been phenomenal. So what have our customers been saying about, um, you know, the improvements we've done in the first year? I, I mean, we started out, I guess, fairly modestly. I mean, we, but we, you know, we delivered, but we, you know, we were able to really quickly then pivot and, and deliver even more functionality, as you mentioned, even with like starting out with just Azure and AWS and then quickly adding Google to the cloud portfolio. Um, what are we hearing uh, about the new, the new features? Well, um, I will tell you that a lot of our customers have a, it's like an unwritten policy. And I myself had this, and I think both you and James have, have heard this in practice, and maybe you've done it too, where um, someone will say, I don't want to upgrade to anything point zero from any vendor ever. <laughs> I want some, you know, I want to, I want to wait for the dot one. Um, before I go ahead and install. And I would say that that has been fairly consistent. Um, so it, you know, it took us to get a, a couple more releases out before we started to see the adoption. 
Um, but the adoption has been uh, on a pretty consistent uptick ever since. And what are customers saying about those improvements? Everybody's really been impressed, especially in the three main areas where we've delivered. So in modern client management, we have the ability to you know, allow customers to leverage those MDM APIs. And some of our customers hadn't already adopted that ability. And so they were able to get started with us right away. For other customers that have been um, using another solution, they were waiting for us to deliver some, I would say, some critical use cases like uh, zero-touch provisioning, which we, we have delivered. So I think there was kind of a wait and see at first uh, would be that general theme. And now that we've delivered, again, that, that response has been extremely positive. Very cool. So now moving on to this focus on big fix insights for vulnerability remediation specifically, um, what is the value of this solution? <laughs> yeah, this is huge. So insights for vulnerability remediation, what it does is it, it slurps up the data coming out of the vulnerability management scanner. So you get all the information about the vulnerabilities that SecOps can see. And what we kept seeing across our customer base was that, you know, SecOps would get this report from the scanner and they would fling it over the wall to the folks in infrastructure ops. Occasionally they might be under the same leadership, but more often than, than not, they were in, you know, very different teams. So then the folks doing the infrastructure management would take that report and they would go dump it in Excel and then they would start looking for false positives, superseded patches and spending hundreds of hours just trying to figure out what to do first, <laughs> you know, in order to close all those vulnerabilities to decide what is the most important thing I can do first. And with Big Fix Insights for Vulnerability Remediation, we're doing that for the customer. So we're slurping up all that data correlating it with what is in Big Fix so that the device records are mapped to those vulnerabilities coming out of the scanner. And then that helps the um, folks using Big Fix to know exactly what they should be doing first. And that helps them get the most value with the shortest uh, time to closing on those risks. You know, that, that could be possible. And this is just with the first release. Um, the second release is going to bring some automation to that. Yeah, this is something that I've dealt with everywhere I've ever worked is having to kind of bridge the gap between the security team and the operations team. And I'm generally on the operations side trying to figure out what to do. And um, this even comes up here at HCL today. So that will help us in our own internal operations as well. Yeah, certainly this is a feature that is sitting on the customer side definitely was asking for for, for years and years and years. It's super exciting to see this, you know, being real, I can't be more thrilled <laughs> for for my customers and and even for my former for my former colleagues. So, um, so why don't we go ahead and um, do some deep dive here with Aram and Mike and talk about Big Fix Insights. So, with us today to talk about Big Fix Insights is Aram, product manager for Ecosystems, and Mike, architect for Insights. Hey, James. Thanks for having us. So um, I think the the biggest question that people may have if they're if they haven't been attending other webinars and maybe big fix days is you know what in the heck is big fix insights? Yeah, sure. I I, I believe this is probably our newest offering. So um, in the reporting space, what insights is providing us is really um, an integration platform for bringing in third party data 
and representing it in the context of of big fix. So um, there's a few different things that we're bringing to the table specifically with insights. We've got the opportunity to leverage the customer's uh, business intelligence tools like Tableau or Power BI. We've also taken in all the data from uh, big fix enterprise or the, the big fix core system and optimize that data uh, relative from a schema perspective to reporting and to facilitate these integrations. So it's much easier for customers to get experienced, you know, with how to create content relative to what we're doing in that, that framework or that schema. We're still bringing in multiple big fix enterprise databases, right? So we can leverage the same, the same integrations across multiple cores. And really, at least from, from that standpoint, we're also doing this all in the historical context. So it's really, you know, an exciting opportunity, a different perspective that we're bringing to the reporting game. Aram, is there anything there that you feel I missed worth talking to? I, I think you, you touched on, on a lot of the important points there, right? So if you look at how BigFix has approached reporting up, up until recently with, with BigFix Insights, its primary focus has been around reporting on the, the near real-time contexts that come from the endpoints, uh, whether that be general asset information, whether that be information about the, the state of the endpoint as it relates to patches, et, et cetera, right? With, with BigFix Insights, we introduce a, a historical component to that. And, and the way that we're able to achieve that is, is through a schema that's, that's optimized more for and really designed more for reporting, whereas the, the schema that you are referring to on the BigFix Enterprise side is really optimized and geared towards the, the consumption of that near real-time data. So the, the historical aspect, I think, is, is certainly a very interesting one. But you also touched upon another piece there, which has to do with the expertise that's required with which to be able to extract data from BigFix. And so we have a lot of APIs available within the, the BigFix Enterprise platform with our core or root server. It certainly allows you to extract data but it requires a fair bit of big fix expertise, right? It requires things like session relevance, and maybe you can describe session relevance just uh, just briefly. But it, it it's certainly a uh, a big fix technology, a big fix language. Whereas with big fix insights, we're able to interface with the data, extract big fix data uh, from the database using using languages like SQL, using skills that are more perhaps easily attainable is that i think the, those were some of the points that you were trying to raise yep yeah i think you know the the skill set and level of expertise that is required to get relatively proficient in session relevance is probably a higher ramp up than it is to get familiar in sql right and i think a lot of our customers it's much easier to get resources who have the SQL expertise. There's a lot of different tools that leverage that. So it's just allowing our customers, I think, the unique opportunity to bring the reporting conversation to a language that maybe they're a little more familiar with. Um, and more so, partnering that with the BI context. We've got Tableau, we've got Power BI sample reports, but really, you know, customers can and have been able to leverage the BI tool of their choice, right? As long as they've got the understanding of SQL, that's probably a unique differentiator that I think when we look at the adoption and the skill sets required for adoption, I think, you know, SQL is going to lend us, lend our customers an easier tool in the trade to get the job done. 
especially because we're we're publishing the the data schema as well. It's it's an open and pretty detailed schema, not necessarily requiring you know big fix knowledge and expertise to even understand the schema to, with which to be able to to generate reports and and extract valuable information from big fix. Yep. You know, having once been a customer, uh, that schema to me is magic. That that was always the you know how do you how do you decode how do you find the right things to decode even if you knew SQL how did you you know, pull all those things together so to me you know the fact that we're actually publishing a schema around insights is it's huge for our customers as well as that you know direct historical being able to see the progress of a patch over time within a single reporting tool so I think those are you know super magic from a from a customer perspective. I wanted to mention that. In Big Fix today, we mentioned that we, there's like some near real-time reporting, and that's really based around console, web reports, REST API, session relevance stuff. A lot of that is powered by session relevance. You also have the web UI itself. But then in this non-real-time aspect, you have things like compliance insight or compliance inventory and now insights. And these tools really give you value add and historical context and really specific focus on, you know, software inventory, computer compliance over time. And now Insights is more of a general purpose reporting platform that a whole lot of different stuff can be built upon. And, you know, we're providing some of that now, but the goal is really to get customers to work their own custom magic on top of Insights. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point that I'm surprised we haven't brought up yet, Aram, is the context of the SQL extensibility of the schema, but also the historical, right? So behind the scenes, one of the unique things that we're using is slowly change dimensions. So slowly changing dimensions is is a technical facility within SQL that allows us to leverage a query, but as of sitting on the box at a, at a certain time. So a hypothetical use case of example is you know, show me the relevant fixlets or relevant patches for this particular machine today. Or I can say, show me the relevant patches for this particular machine five days ago, 10 days ago, last patch Tuesday, last month, right? But that's all native within the SQL reporting language or the SQL language. So we're really, you know, leveraging that ease of being able to grab the historical data in the context of a native language that's very relatable Right. And across everything that is in the Big Fix Enterprise database. That's very cool. So what is Big Fix Insights for vulnerability remediation? The kind of next step for Big Fix Insights? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Thank you. So Insights for Vulnerability Remediation is is perhaps one of our, our first examples of extending insights as a platform beyond, say, just an analytics platform or reporting platform to also really an integration platform. Here, we're we're beginning to take and bring in to BigFix Insights data that is external from BigFix. In this context, it is vulnerability data from vulnerability management products. And the, the purpose here really is to address one of the, the, the common challenges that, that we hear from customers, which is around being able to let's say, effectively resolve vulnerabilities that are discovered in their environments from, from vulnerability management products. And I think, uh, you know, if, if we look at it, and again, based on some of the conversations we've, we've been having, 
you know, we, we find that organizations struggle with, uh, with resolving vulnerabilities for a number of different reasons. I think uh, one of the primary reasons has to do with the fact that typically in organizations, there are two different teams, each with their own tools and, and in a sense, even their own languages. You have uh, oftentimes an IT security team, which is responsible for identifying you know, vulnerabilities in an environment, um, and they're using a set of tools to, to achieve that. And then oftentimes you have an IT operations team that's responsible for addressing said vulnerabilities uh, in the environment. Another kind of challenge in, in this space that, that we often hear about as well is, uh, is that there are, unfortunately, these days, uh, limited resources uh, available to both, again, uh, identify as well as subsequently address the, the vulnerabilities. And to, to actually be able to address them, a lot of organizations today are leveraging some fairly manual processes particularly to address the the first challenge that I was raising, you know, where you have two different teams, two different tools, you need to be able to correlate uh, the discovered vulnerabilities with remediation capabilities. And that tends to be a, a pretty manual process today, oftentimes in, in spreadsheets, you know, with, with a lot of, uh, a lot of human effort, uh, which unfortunately is, you know, can be, can be prone to error. The other thing that we hear quite often, unfortunately, is that they're just too many vulnerabilities to keep up with. This is something that as you work to address perhaps a backlog of vulnerabilities, uh, new ones are unfortunately discovered all the time. And so this is a, this is a moving target and one that's, that's difficult to keep in front of. Yeah, and I think you know, this is something that customers typically have this third perspective, right? Is where they want the scanning tool to represent to the security team from an audit and traceability, the, the tool that I'm using to patch is not necessarily the tool that I'm using to audit. And inherent with having these two different tools, I think there's a lot of spreadsheet magic that happens in between the correlation of what we're seeing in Big Fix to resolve a vulnerability and then what the finding is on in the particular team's tool. But beyond that, it also comes to, well, what if the two disagree? Right. What if Big Fix says that it's patched and then, you know, the security team is indicating, well, it hasn't been or, or it's still vulnerable according to the signature. That correlation in itself is a, is a different paradigm to even solving the problem. It's just what, well, what if the two tools disagree? You're absolutely right. So there are a number of different pieces there. <laughs> One of them is just the time that it takes for that spreadsheet magic to happen. So sometimes you investigate why something is saying it's still vulnerable, and it turns out it's because the scan happened just before the patch reboot happened. Absolutely. So sometimes just the sheer amount of time it takes for some of these things to happen, you end up running down, a chasing something down just to find out that, oh, it is actually remediated. And that's, I think, part of the solution here is to shorten that time window as much as possible and make that correlation and investigation super simple and straightforward. You're exactly right. I think, you know, in terms of the the discrepancy scenario that Mike, you were describing and, and James, you were elaborating on there, you know, oftentimes does come down to timing where typically a lot of these 
vulnerability uh, assessment or management products, you know, they're they're providing a a view that is that is typically point in time, and and Big Fix providing that that more near real time view. This these are these are you know one of the reasons, one of the most common reasons, perhaps that we see potential differences between the two, and so trying to reduce the amount of time it takes to perform, let's say, the remediation work can really help uh, avoid those types of scenarios. But that speaks to, I think, even a challenge before the, let's say, a discrepancy scenario is, how do you identify uh, what to deploy uh, or how to fix a particular vulnerability that has been discovered? You know, if you look at a, a given vulnerability, it'll have associated metadata with it, right? You'll, you'll know, for instance, the CVE, and, and you can look up that CVE and other identifying information on your favorite search engine. With BigFix, you can actually even just look up that CVE directly in our interfaces, and, and we will try to, to map that to a fixlet, to a remediation capability that we make available kind of out of the box. It's part of the value that that BigFix provides inherently. But even in that case, oftentimes what we find you know, in, in speaking with customers and the reason we built insights for vulnerability remediation is that a given CVE or a given vulnerability may have multiple fixes. For instance, you know, a vulnerability is fairly generic. That generic vulnerability can occur across multiple applications. It can occur across multiple operating systems. And so even if you, let's say, perform the simple, let's say, task, it's quote unquote simple, of correlating a vulnerability, a CVE, with a patch, oftentimes what you end up finding is that there are multiple patches that, you, that it correlates to. Then the question becomes, okay, which of those patches do I need to deploy to fix the vulnerability or vulnerabilities in my environment? It may end up being that out of a list of maybe 20 patches, perhaps you only need five of them um, because those five you know, correspond to the devices that, that you have uh, in, in your organization the scope being, again, typically the, the, the different uh, operating systems or applications. But another challenge that we hear here in this space has to do with uh, supersedence. And Mike, maybe you can speak to this point a little bit here as well. Yeah, I can for sure. So, you know, let's say, I, I think what you're drawing to is, let's say the scanner is representing a CVE from a vulnerability that was identified five years ago. But we know how Microsoft is getting into this rhythm of quarterly patch updates, you know, these bundles and rollups. Like the supersedence tree has now become a very long rail train and crawling up each of those cars so that we can get to what is the latest vulnerability signature patch, right? Or what is the latest patch to resolve that vulnerability signature? That's an all-inclusive time-consuming process for our customers today as well. Right. And I think this is something that IVR is is really taking kind of that three-pronged approach to how we're going to solve and, and correlate the vulnerability problem with these two tools. Right. So we've got the correlation of what we can fix. We've got the deficiencies of, you know, where they these two tools disagree. And then we've also got the proposal of the most relevant or the most recent and perspectively relevant, meaning to your case, Aram, right? Operating systems, you can have a CVE across multiple, right? Which one of those is the best choice to solve the problem? Um, and this is something that today our customers are really using that spreadsheet, Jim Kahana, to solve. And I think that's really where IVR is finding this unique problem and unique solve and making it easier for our customers. 
Yeah, and that's a good point that like our patch stream in BigFix has the list of CVEs that that patch resolves in the metadata and sometimes exposed in the UI, but not always or not fully. Uh, and that is something you can query and is something you can look at, but that's something that Insights um, for Vulnerability Remediation is going to help you with automatically and not have to like try to dig in and try to figure out how to do that. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So what we were finding is that, you know, organizations were oftentimes spending many, many hours on a on let's say a monthly basis or just on an ongoing basis trying to correlate those vulnerabilities to to remediation capabilities that they have within BigFix. And, you know, if again, just each one of these required a fair bit of investigation. With insights for vulnerability remediation, we're we're trying to to automate essentially that that manual processing of you know how do I fix how do I best fix uh-huh. a uh, a vulnerability using Big Fix. the The idea here is that rather than spending those those many hours doing that correlation, Big Fix insights for vulnerability remediation can can automate that and giving you that much more time to uh, focus on actually addressing. The vulnerabilities and and potentially other challenges uh, in the environment. We're we're trying to take care of the quote unquote simple stuff, but it <laughs> it turns out it's not so simple. Yeah. None of it's simple, right? None of it's simple. <laughs> yeah. So so what's included in big sites for uh, in, for vulnerability remediation? Yeah, great great question. So we are actually including uh, I think a few different components, and it's worth speaking about how they how they connect to one another. And and Michael maybe speak about that here in a minute, but. I'd say the primary interface to Big Fix Insights for Vulnerability Remediation really is a collection of dashboards and reports that we are making available in Microsoft Power BI as well as Tableau. Although, as as Mike alluded to earlier, certainly customers can leverage their BI tool of choice um, using using the same the same logic that we are providing. But these these dashboards are meant to to answer or categorize even. The vulnerabilities that have been discovered into one of maybe three buckets or categories. The first being correlation. So, what are the vulnerabilities that have been uh, identified that I have within BigFix uh, fixlets to to immediately uh, and readily available to remediate? These are vulnerabilities that we have been able to uh, not only correlate to a fixlet within BigFix, but we know that that fixlet is applicable on the device on which the vulnerability was detected. So we're performing you know, some, some fairly advanced uh, processing uh, and correlation here under the covers with which to be able to, to categorize that, that vulnerability in that way. And so uh, essentially everything in that report or dashboard are, are meant to be those vulnerabilities that, that you should be able to fix very, very quickly and easily using BigFix. And in fact, an additional element that we provide with Insights for Vulnerability Remediation is a baseline creation wizard within, within BigFix that allows you to take the output, the guidance that comes from this report, and, and feed it uh, to BigFix as a means to create a remediation baseline. So that's, that's maybe one of the categories. The second category maybe is around discrepancy as, as we were describing earlier. So uh, where might the vulnerability management product and BigFix disagree? And again, I think the, the most common reason here has to do with, with timing, um, but we provide a lot of valuable information to help guide users on, on identifying you know, why there may be a potential discrepancy, including you know, the, the evidence associated with the vulnerability detection, the timing, et cetera. 
And then the the third category is around is around what we might refer to as a gap analysis. So what are uh, the vulnerabilities that have been identified that maybe we weren't able to correlate to a remediation fixlet within BigFix. Um, of course, you need visibility into these scenarios, but at the same time, more than likely, you can still leverage BigFix to remediate uh, those vulnerabilities, even if you don't have content readily available or a fixlet readily available in your environment. You can create uh, that's one of the the beauties about about BigFix, right? Uh, is that you can create your own custom content, and we we make it pretty easy in order to, for instance, deploy uh, updated software or apply a configuration. If we don't have something out of the box, you can still use BigFix's capabilities to remediate more than likely uh, to remediate those discovered vulnerabilities. And we need to provide, of course, visibility into those cases and various you know information to help you prioritize which ones of those you know you go after first you know if you have a let's say a vulnerability associated with an application uh, that affects you know a large number of systems and is you know pretty high in severity uh, from a vulnerability perspective perhaps you go after that one first versus you know one that affects fewer systems and, and is perhaps lower severity so we provide a lot of prioritization contexts with these reports to help you make those better decisions. And kind of on that note, and this is this is the last thing I'll say on this one for, for now, with these dashboards and reports, we also work to visually represent the data uh, to very quickly help you prioritize um, your efforts and identify the areas that require additional focus and attention. Yeah, there's a lot. When we look at IVR, even from the technical solve there's there's a lot of correlation and there's a lot of business value being generated out of this integration. Specifically right now, we're integrating with Qualys and Tenable. So in the customer's deployment environment, they've got these two different perspectives or tools that they would be leveraging for their vulnerability assessment program. And what we're doing is we're integrating with those tools, APIs, we're bringing down, they're finding their vulnerabilities, you know, what assets they've scanned, Right, which their perspective of the asset is different than ours, right? They're looking at it from an outside in perspective typically. And in these situations, we've got a dynamic environment where IPs are changing, right? And they're capturing a place in time where we're capturing the life cycle of an asset. So that correlation is then taken to the information or the three kind of pieces of information we're pulling to and from Qualys and Tenable, and then correlating that to represent underneath these you know, three unique reports, again, within the different platforms or the different BI tools, again, customers can create, you know, if they've got a preference as to what BI tools they're leveraging, they can take that that skill set to it as well. I think when we look at just bringing in that amount of data and correlating that information to then be consumable so that the business can prioritize their decision, because time is never free, right? Like if everybody had an unlimited amount of time, and we were able to keep up with the amount of vulnerabilities that are coming out today, we really wouldn't have all that much of a problem. But the problem is we can't keep up. So from the perspective of the customer, I think the unique value that IVR is doing is driving efficiency, driving down the time to remediate, time to correlate, mm-hmm. time to reconcile the perspective of these three, you know, or two different tools, three different tools, whatever it may be, 
all bringing that down together, right? Because you've got the correlation from the vulnerabilities perspective, you've got the correlation from the big fix perspective, and then you've got the representation within the BI tool that hopefully is that common, is something that the customer is very familiar with, right? And again, bringing this all in the perspective of SQL where the customer is very familiar and can draw in the unique nuance to their organization. I think there's a ton of value here, but really it comes down to how can we do more quickly and more efficiently. Yeah. And the thing that, you know, we often forget about in an organization is, you know, if you're constantly fighting the the top level fires, those, those high priority, urgent kind of issues, um, you never are going to get to those lower priority issues, right? So if we can take the time out of that to, you know, get through the urgent stuff fast or faster, then that gives us time to go after, you know, the medium stuff and then maybe even eventually the lower stuff, right? So theoretically, this gets rid of the backlog of those cumulative lows, which, you know, if there's so many lows, eventually it's like termites in your foundation. One termite, no big deal. You know, 20 termites, maybe your, you know, one wall is impacted. But if it's full of termites, like those lots of lows that are out there, you may never get to those and then you may fall over, right? Yep. I like that analogy. Uh, you're you're absolutely right, um, and and uh, I, I think you know reducing that attack uh, surface is is a big part of what we're trying to do. And and Mike, to your point, it's doing so based on being able to to optimize and and really more effectively and efficiently tackle remediation of of discovered vulnerabilities. And it's it's really all built on the insights platform uh, where we're able to take the data from from these you know various sources uh, external to big fix as well as big fix and you know perform kind of this magic okay so is there anything we haven't said right so i guess the other thing that we probably should fix or you know just talk about briefly is you know this is this is our first this is our first release right so we're going to as always with big fix you know we have bigger vision <laughs> ahead of us. Um, what are we what are we kind of thinking of vision wise? Uh, this isn't commitment, right? But what are we thinking vision wise? Where do we want to go next with this capability to continue to help our customers improve? Yeah, great question. Also, as you said, this is this is really our first our first step in a in a bigger journey, uh, at least the way we see it. And and that'll naturally adjust based on based on, you know, customer feedback. But really, what we're trying to do is is to bring about more and more automation in the overall, let's say, vulnerability lifecycle, uh, where vulnerabilities are, let's say, typically discovered, uh, subsequently, uh, let's say, prioritized before they are then remediated and and validated. This Big Fix Insights for vulnerability remediation, our our first iteration here really focuses on automating the data exchange, you know, from a discovery perspective, you know, with these vulnerability management products and big fix, and then performing that automated correlation and providing the context, the prioritization contexts to to simplify and and make more effective uh, your you know remediation strategies. But in the future, we we certainly see opportunity to continue to automate the remaining aspects of of the the lifecycle, introducing, for instance, more automated remediation workflows, even possibly more automated validation or verification workflows. Where once Big Fix has 
for instance, remediated or it believes it has remediated a vulnerability, we we, we know the success rates uh, of, uh, for instance, a given patch deployment, whether or not we were able to successfully deploy a patch or apply a configuration. Once BigFix performs that work, it needs to subsequently be verified. At least typically, most organizations will, uh, the source of truth will be the detection software, will be the, the vulnerability management product. And so to close the loop more quickly here, as it relates to vulnerabilities, there's perhaps opportunities to, to automate that subsequent verification uh, step where BigFix can provide that context that I believe I fixed this, this issue, vulnerability management product, why don't you go and check, verify that that this issue has been fixed with a, you know, a targeted assessment uh, that can be done, you know, maybe more quickly than, uh, or even more frequently than a, um, you know, a larger uh, enterprise-wide or organization-wide vulnerability assessment. So we see, I think, a lot of opportunity to continue to to automate here and again close this loop that much more quickly. So we're very excited. Yeah, I think there there's the closed loop remediation. That's a definite natural iteration point. But I think when we look at insights as the platform, as the integration kind of, uh, you know, traffic circle, we're looking to bring in more intersections, right? So things like CMDB correlation, things like, you know, what perhaps are assets that were identified in these vulnerability management tools, right, as being vulnerable, but let's say don't have a big fix agent on it. Mm -hmm. How do we bring that experience um, full circle? Something was identified, maybe we can, you know, inform the operator, hey, you can go ahead and, you know, install the big fix agent there and then remediate, right? And then further verify with another scan. But I think, you know, when we look at the correlation capabilities and, and just, you know, how we're breathing the integrations into insights. I think the exciting piece is really even the perspectives, you know, beyond just this closed loop, right? Like if we can do it in the context of the CMDB, where where is that at? Where is the department? Where is the floor? Who is the user? All these different perspectives that we can then bring into that SQL database to then be, you know, at the mercy of the customer's fingers, right? Whatever they want to pull, as long as they understand the SQL, the schema is, is optimized for that. There's a lot of capabilities here that we're, we're just tar- starting to touch the surface on. Yeah, that's really powerful. That's a great point, Mike. All right. Well, I think that's, that's it for us. Any, any last thoughts? I think, you know, one, thanks, James, for having us. Um, thanks, Rhonda, for, for putting this together. Appreciate it. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we'll be happy to join back up once we've got next uh next plans and and can kind of bring more to to the discussion here but for now it's been exciting and and i'm interested to see how our customers uh, experience this opportunity yeah likewise thank you certainly certainly appreciate the time and uh, as as suggested we're very excited to see where this goes and uh and and how we can help our customers uh, even further well thanks Aaron and mike for being here appreciate it wow that was really fascinating thanks thanks to mike and Aaron for joining us and uh, walking us through that so, Michelle, let's talk next about Big Fix V10 and modern client management and how that's different than, uh, you know, other universal endpoint management products. Sure. Well, we've got two, I would say, main value props that differentiate us from the other unified endpoint management solutions out there. One of them is cost and complexity, and the other one is that Big Fix is purpose built. So, I want to start with cost and complexity because most organizations that are 
managing their Windows 10 or Mac devices are doing it with two solutions. Even if they're from the same vendor, you will see uh, an organization using a product from one vendor and a product from another vendor. You know, one to do the traditional agents and the other one to um, use the MDM APIs. And sometimes they're even from the same vendor, but it's two completely separate products. And that creates some, I would say, some friction, especially for new operators. You know, someone coming in that doesn't have a lot of experience, it can be really kind of a steep learning curve. So with BigFix, you're doing this with one product. And the the data across a device that's managed in hybrid, meaning if it's got that um, agent and it's enrolled in BigFix Modern Client Management, there will be you know two records in the database, and then when you run reports, if you're using two products, you have to you know correlate that data yourself. And with BigFix, because we built it specifically for BigFix, that correlation is is already in there. So you're seeing that value of of BigFix Modern Client Management being purpose built for today's use cases, really being valuable to make it easier to use. And then again, that's that reduced complexity because you don't need two products. We, we're still bringing the same, uh, the same value that you'll see in other products. It's all the same MDM APIs. So as far as you know, what those products can do with those APIs, it's a pretty level playing field. So if anybody's shopping for a UEM solution, they should really be looking for differentiators. And, and I think we've got the most compelling. Absolutely. I think it's cool that with the MDM APIs, we can enhance what native BigFix agent can do and vice versa. If anyone's tried to rely on MDM APIs alone to do really heavy stuff, you can get very frustrated very easily. And that's something where the native BigFix agent works better in those areas. So you, you get the best of both worlds. And I think that that's really amazing. Yeah, no doubt. Well, next, Mike and Matt are going to talk a deeper dive into BigFix Modern Client Management and the features that are enhanced by both. So with us today is Mike Gare, the Product Manager for BigFix Modern Client Management, and Matt Mengen, BigFix Technical Advisor leading our Modern Client Management demo effort. And they're here to tell us more about BigFix Modern Client Management. Welcome, you guys. Um, maybe... Uh... Let's just dive in. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you guys are working on now with uh, Big Fix Modern Client Management? Sure. I'd love to. It's Mike Gare speaking. So we began with um, Big Fix Modern Client Management just over a year ago. And the initial capabilities were, were largely focused on some minimal set of MDM API commands, doing things like locking devices or wiping them remotely. Customers initially found value in it in that they could remotely register a new device with our modern client management server and then get the BigFix agent deployed so that they could more completely manage and secure those devices. Uh, since then, we've had a couple of new releases. The first one was relatively minor. The most uh, recent one in January was quite significant. And we released uh, the capability to do zero-touch provisioning on Windows 10 and Mac OS devices. Uh, we also added in uh, some other capabilities that were quite significant around uh, restrictions policies. There's actually hundreds of new restrictions policies, which basically gives you command and control of Windows and Mac OS devices uh, remotely. And then we also added in some other things like uh, bulk enrollment and application deployment. So quite a few things in that January release. 
we've got a pretty full roadmap going forward to, with a major release coming up in July uh, when we will add in support for mobile devices. So Matt, can you tell us more about what makes zero-touch provisioning valuable? So yeah, uh, thank you, James, for the question. The For me, I think back to my times as uh, when I was a customer using BigFix and how our, you know, deploying agents, getting new machines into BigFix, et cetera, that did take more time than I would have liked. With zero touch, it, it speeds up that time to management. So new user gets laptop, new, new user boots it up, they put in their password, and within a couple of minutes, the machine is managed not only through uh, modern MDM APIs, but also with the big fix agent. Saves a lot of time on the, you know, the IT admins side of things. Uh, they no longer have to go through the full setup of the machine, installing applications, et cetera. That to me is, is the biggest benefit. Mike, anything you want to add on that? Yeah, I think, you know, zero touch provisioning is kind of the their nirvana for most yeah. IT, IT. Sorry. Oh yeah, I was just uh, I kind of laughed because that is exactly what it is. Yeah, it's just the IT. It's the nirvana for IT managers because they they simply ship out a device to a new user. You, you know, you're at home, you plug it in, you turn it on, you enter your ID and your password, you answer a few prompts, and and really within ten minutes, I think you said. That's basically what it is. Uh, you've got a fully provisioned laptop and you're ready to work. Yeah. You know, there's no calls to the help desk. There's no uh, hours of IT, you know, burning images and then you know, having the end user having to, you know, do some more final configuration. I think on average, the way it used to be done is probably two or three hours per machine. Yep. Minimum. I like how you, you know, you call it, you know, the, the Nirvana. I, I even thought like before Zero Touch, you know, uh, with our first release of modern client management, I, I already felt that it was the nirvana at that point because of, of the way that we did over-the-air enrollment. So over-the-air enrollment for those who weren't aware, like it's a user-driven enrollment where you know the end user is supplied with a, a URL, they provide their domain credentials, and within a matter of minutes, the machine is under management. So going back when I was a customer, I, I used to, it would take me hours and hours to get machines under management, you know, because, you know, our, our company was global. If we had modern client management in place at the time, it would have definitely helped. Yeah. Even uh, the over-the-air enrollment. I just think it's magic. <laughs> I, I just think it's magic. Like, I mean, I, I remember, um, Previous, we did a webinar on uh, on modern client management when it first came out. I think Matt and and Jared Levy was just he happened to be in the webinar, like he was just at home, like listening to the webinar, and you were presenting, and we had some kind of difficulty or something, and so I promoted him into a panelist, and you remote wiped yeah. one of his VMs, and it was just completely on the fly, you know, in real time, and yeah, you know if you know, faced with work at home, data loss, you know, data loss or like laptops getting stolen, something like that, being able to do that just, yeah, it's magic. <laughs> well, I think another thing that's cool about zero touch provisioning is it's kind of one more tool in 
getting your devices under management. So for Windows devices in particular, you can have you know a group policy that deploys the big fix agent to any devices that are enrolled in traditional AD but don't have the big fix agent. You can do that. You can have it a part of your thin imaging workflow. And now you can automatically deploy through these new big fix MDM APIs. You can deploy the agent through the zero touch uh, provisioning process. And you can treat all of those devices the same way. Like once you get the agent installed, then you can deploy the same baselines, you can deploy the same configuration, you can deploy the same security policies and compliance. All of that stuff can just be handled the same from there. And it's really just about using whichever one makes sense for the given situation. And for a lot of customers, you should be doing all three because you not every device is the same. Not every device is going to belong in MDM. Not every device is going to belong in traditional Active Directory. You're going to have a combination of each. Yeah, it's it's, it's right sizing it for the for the for the purpose it needs to be used for or managed under. <laughs> Absolutely, and and the fact that you can sort of layer on additional actions as part of the zero touch provisioning, you know, getting your your VPN software on there, your DLP software. You know, whatever it is, you're, you're enabling the employee to to connect back to work in a secure way, um, and you're ensuring that their laptop is, you know, or device is locked down so that you know that they don't become a a path for uh, cyber attacks. So security element as well as the automation, definitely. Yeah. For me, when we released the you know the most recent version back in January, and I walked through and did all the zero touch setup. I, I was floored at how smooth the process was. And I thought to myself, similar to what you were just saying, like DLP software, uh, VPN software. So a company could essentially hire on 30 new people. Uh, they don't have anyone in the office uh, provisioning laptops. They just order you know, 30 new laptops and ship them directly to the end user. Uh, there's no corporate software there. Through the zero touch provisioning, they're getting, you know, enrolled uh, into modern client management, the big fix agent, and also those pieces of software. Again, Nirvana. So, <laughs> yeah, and it's you know not to date myself too much, but there was a time right where uh, corporations would engage with the manufacturer and give them a golden master image and have them pre-provision the laptop to sort of reduce that you know two or three hour effort. Mm-hmm. I think it helped to a certain degree, but it was nowhere near as efficient as this is, right? Where you're taking a, a standard, you know, factory install operating system and, and then making it custom for your organization without uh, without any really hands-on keyboard on the end user device. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And th- there's really nothing wrong with doing that. I mean, having a thin imaging uh, process that you hand off that image to your manufacturer. I mean, I know that a lot of places still do that and there's nothing wrong with that option, but it's also interesting that this potentially includes more potential systems for vendors that don't support that, you know, imaging process where you can't hand them off an image. You can do this instead. Or, or, Or even just use it for the last few steps, right? To your point. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And so that kind of reduces your vendor lock-in. If you're currently dependent on one vendor to do your golden imaging for you, and then you move to this, you don't need that anymore. Or you can do a hybrid approach and do a combination. 
So, so broadly speaking, you know, so we, we've got this, you know, we've, we've got this ability for serotonin provisioning. We're able to use both the combination of something like a group policy and, you know, policy actions and big fix to update software, keep it up to date, um, keep something installed <laughs> in the case where maybe there's some, some software that, that, that isn't popular with the with the broader you know community within an organization think that there's an opportunity here too and we're seeing our our customers taking advantage of it that you know maybe they're using a tool for just some small portion of this and you know this allows them to really you know rely on big fix to do more than what big fix has been able to do before and maybe look to you know getting rid of a tool that you're using for just a very small subset of what it's capable of mm-hmm yeah, that's an excellent point. And, and I think this sort of speaks to the broader market need, right? So client management tools have been around, you know, like BigFix for 15, 20 years or more. People rely on them and they're comfortable with them and they're doing 98, 95, whatever percent of everything they need. Some of them are, are you know, sort of trying to do a, a kind of a rip and replace approach to using uh, a more modern tool, like a unified endpoint management tool. But they're they're challenged with that, right? It's it's a it's painful, it's dangerous, uh, and, and why would you do that if you could find some way to evolve with the times and take advantage of things like zero touch provisioning that's only offered via MDM APIs? And I think you know that's that's one of the real value propositions behind modern client management is we're leveraging uh, the BigFix agent, the hundreds of thousands of out of the box units of automation that we have. Uh, as well as MDM APIs, uh, and together there's real value there. Uh, whether it's it's doing things like installing software that you know we're not, we're experts at doing, or, or maybe just more importantly, man- maintaining continuous compliance of those endpoints. Uh, that's not something you can do with an MDM API. Yeah. So again, together I think there's a real strength there. Definitely, and just you know consolidating tools in 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 the age we're in right now having that one single place to do everything, patch management, security and compliance, inventory, modern client management, having that in one place instead of, you know, multiple tools. Right. Desktop servers. Yeah. Yeah. Laptops, you name it. Exactly. In this age, it's so much more important to have that one view, that one place to go um, instead of, you know, juggling two, three, four different tools. Yeah, and that really is the promise of unified endpoint management, but it hasn't it hasn't met its mark yet in terms of delivering for all customers. So it's still a few years away if you talk to analysts. So they're pretty clear on that. Taking a stepping stone approach to that model um, makes a lot of sense for customers. I think there's also just the fact that our real goal here is to have a really good sort of hybrid approach to management where we have we can leverage the MDM APIs where they make sense, but ideally also have the big fix native agent present as well and leverage it for what it's better at. Um, because a lot of co- customers I've talked to who are using MDM run into limitations with the MDM APIs or they deploy something through the MDM API and it doesn't work and they don't really know why. But with the big fix agent, you have that incredible flexibility and reporting and troubleshooting capabilities, and it's just incredibly powerful. So we can use minimal sets of MDM APIs to get the machine under management and get the native agent installed. 
and then let Big Fix do what it's good at and do the rest, which I really like. I'm not sure if we touched on this already, but you know, during during that enrollment process, when you throw the corporate mandated software like DLP, VPN, etc., uh, you can have that as part of the zero touch process. But what if something doesn't fully get installed? You can have. I think it would be a good idea to then have sort of a software policy that says, you know, is this installed? If not, install it. Right. So you have kind of it being deployed through both. Certain software is important enough that you want your big fix agent to validate that it yeah. actually got installed correctly and is functional. And if not, then fix it. Yeah. And you can do all that. Where with the MDM APIs, it's just you're telling it to install this MSI, and that's really all you get. Right. So what are we hearing from customers in the field as you guys are actually talking with these guys? What are you What are you seeing? So I had a call earlier today with a customer who can't wait to get this running in their modern client management, running in their environment. They actually have, I think, three different big fix deployments global company uh, they're looking forward to leveraging both the MDM APIs and the agent to do a lot of what we've already talked about. You know, I think they're getting close to deploying this and I hear a lot of excitement. Yeah, me too. And so just as an example, the kind of synergies that we've been trying to describe here showed a customer how we could use the new MDM APIs and our restrictions policies to disable the USB port on Windows 10 laptops. Not only can I do it on one device, but I can do it on hundreds of devices and I can do it in a matter of seconds, literally. Uh, it's quite amazing. And, and then if you think, you know, the, the for those that are existing BigFix customers that are used to using our tooling, explaining to them that you can use the BigFix agent to then double check and make sure that the USB port is indeed enabled or disabled uh, and report back if it's not, to remediate the situation, uh, that's the kind of synergistic value you can have uh, with the big agent. Remediation and validation and all kinds of other checks. Yeah. Continuous compliance in, in short. Exactly. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of interest from customers um, to get that initial endpoint registered. Um, they're also excited about our roadmap and our future and where we're going. So tool consolidation is is definitely top of mind being able to eliminate tools that are only doing one or two small things for them where BigFix can take over. Um, you know, that's part of BigFix's legacy. Yeah, this is, I mean, I, I remember similar to Matt, just having, you know, when I was when I was on the customer side of the house, sitting in that customer seat, you know, finding, finding machines <clears throat> via other methods that weren't under management and, you know, trying to get somebody to get something installed. You know, this is just so much easier. Like I said, it's just like magic. And, 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 you know, I think too, you know, there, the, that bring your own device kind of world with, you know, iOS and Android and stuff, you know, coming later, you know, that just gives us, uh, gives the customer just like one more vector of, of a place where they can, you know, get more control, maintain things better have visibility to what's out there, even if you're not maybe patching it, but just knowing that it's there and then seeing it alongside the other, you know, endpoints in your environment, um, being able to see where you may have vulnerabilities that you didn't know that you had. The The world is uh, <clears throat> infinitely clearer. It's like, you know, going from 
<laughs> I, a bad, bad example, but, um, I, I have like a, a 30 ish inch TV in, in one room and I have a, like a 70 inch in the other room and I can see so much more, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, with that, with that higher, uh, higher visibility, the, the better resolution. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> Another use case, uh, is potentially that some customers may have an MDM provider that they are using in, currently on like a very small set of their devices, mm-hmm. but they could expand the MDM capabilities to all of their devices that they are currently managing through BigFix compliance and lifecycle and I think some other things that bring along MCM as well. So that potentially, they they may currently be paying for a different MDM provider for like this very specific set of machines already, but they could expand with BigFix MDM to all the rest and going forward. So that's a pretty interesting option as well. Yeah, definitely agree. All right. Well, Mike, Matt, this has been fascinating and, and super helpful. And um, I just can't wait to see more, you know, the evolution of this product. So thank you so much for your continued efforts for, on behalf of our customers. And thank you for being here with us today to talk about MCM. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Mike, Mike and Matt, for talking us through Big Fix Modern Client Management. So, Michelle, the last thing that we wanted to talk about today, and um, thank you for bearing with us through all of this, is multi-cloud, right? So let's talk a little bit more about multi-cloud and you know, what our goals are there and where we're going with that one. Sure. Um, thanks. We, we surveyed our customers and we found that 80% of them and, and growing were using um, devices in the cloud, either for test or production, and in most cases for both. And we've been able to help our customers manage devices in the cloud for a really long time. But what we introduced in Big Fix 10 that's different is now we plug into the cloud instance and we can see the metadata for the devices in addition to all the things that we can do with the agent. So that alone allows for really a new dimension of automation capabilities that you know weren't there before. And the other thing that we've done with this is we brought teams together. There's usually another team that is managing cloud instances and they might do the provisioning. They might be doing the maintenance, the patching, the configuration. And typically those teams are fairly confident using those native capabilities from the cloud instance, but maybe they don't know much about BigFix. And then vice versa, the the team that's managing BigFix that might be patching devices, they may not have a lot of visibility into that cloud instance. And you really need to close that gap in order to have some seamless automation. So that's what we've done with BigFix Multi-Cloud. We've closed that gap and we've made it possible for both teams to uh, work together without having to change um, the, the tools that they're using. They have the same type of experience as they had before with more capability. I think something that's really key is that in an organization, you might have an AWS team and an Azure team and a Google Cloud team, but the operations team has to work across all three of those. And the operation team doesn't need to know the AWS API and the Azure API and the Google Cloud API to do that work with BigFix Multi-Cloud because it abstracts that away. Because each one of those APIs is different and has different capabilities, has different interfaces, has different ways of working. 
And that's nothing that the operation team needs to know to work with BigFix multi-cloud to patch through BigFix. It's all abstracted. All right. So I think uh, next we really want to go and uh, hear from the experts. So we're going to talk to Dan and to Elon and uh, see what they have to tell us about multi-cloud. So with us today, we have uh, Elon Cowell, who is the product manager for Big Fix Multi-Cloud, and Dan Paquette, who is one of our lead technical advisors. In fact, he's responsible for our technical advisors in North America, and he's also an expert on multi-cloud. Thanks, guys, for joining us today. Thank you, Rhonda. Pleasure to be here. Glad to be here. Great. So um, we're talking about multi-cloud today. Can you guys maybe outline some of the customer pain points we're seeing as they're you know, migrating into either fully cloud-based infrastructures or sometimes hybrid or you know, on-prem, all kinds of different combinations of clouds, which I guess is why we call it multi-cloud. <laughs> what are you seeing from our customers and what are we trying to solve with our product? Well, in working with customers over the years, it's become... Uh, you know, very obvious that, you know, we went from, you know, on-prem to on-prem private cloud with VMware. And now the certain amount of dominance that public cloud is playing within our customer environments and and not necessarily just one cloud provider. So I, I have multiple customers that put, you know, a lot of emphasis on, you know, production in one cloud, say, you know, Amazon, uh, and then they have other environments that are in the Google public cloud offering or Microsoft Azure that they use for either strictly, you know, internal and so forth purposes. And, you know, from an HCL perspective, we're no different than our customers, right? So we, we have both, uh, you know, on-prem, you know, private cloud, as well as multiple public cloud providers. And so now I have IT staff that have to learn the the nuances of each cloud provider um, that potentially have to train on distinctly different tool sets within those cloud providers for performing some very common, you know, basic IT tasks um, related to, you know, just starting out with visibility of what endpoints are in multi-cloud to standard everyday IT operations, like as simple as just sending a patch to a machine or enforcing a configuration. And so this is, you know, it's great if you want to, from a, from an IT perspective, build a stack of certifications if you're one of the admins, but it's not really cost effective and it's not real efficient from a, a, a time perspective, even a time to, to remediation on patch or, you know, configuration and that level of remediation where we're, we got our hands in multiple tool sets. It is really amazing how all of the different providers all essentially give you the same kinds of things like, you know, ability to run virtual machines, but each one is so different. It's kind of amazing how much difference there is between them all. And that, that's something that we're helping to centralize. Right. And it's, it's really easy to get lost in, you know, the value of being in a public cloud, right, in regard to uh, the agility, the perceived reduced IT cost, you know, the flexibility of, of spinning up a, a virtual endpoint within the moments and having it in production very quickly, right? But it, all those things I mentioned in regard to actually seeing the endpoints and knowing what is in what is spun up, and then uh, you know across all your clouds as well as getting them under management, that that is often I, I wouldn't say forgotten, but you know that's not what is viewed as 
where we need to still continue to focus on value. And I know when I was on the customer side, a lot of times, you know, when I was a big fix, you know, running the team that was running big fix, you know, talking with our, my, my peers who worked in cloud, they didn't even know necessarily what cloud instances were out there. And they certainly didn't have the ability to force patching in those instances. It became a matter of like scanning and telling and not being able to really you know, legitimately have that command and control structure. So I don't know how common that is anymore. It's been a year or two since I've been sitting in that chair, but um, certainly something we always struggled with. Yeah, we're still hearing that it's kind of challenging from customers, right? You, you, you hit kind of two important points, right? One is actually each cloud provider has its own set of tools or services, right, to do different kind of IT attacks. So when organizations you know, move to the cloud, they have to learn and you know, all these different kind of services and tools. They have to actually hire another actually team you know, to, to perform the task. Right? So it's, it's a big challenge if almost for every single organization moving into IT workload to the cloud, especially to a multi-cloud, right? because they need to handle a different set of tools and services right? provided by each cloud providers. And the other point that you, um, Rhonda, you mentioned, right, is, you know, is with all the kind of autonomy or flexibility provided to the development team, right? So they can actually, you know, create a new actually, uh, instance at any time, right? So it's, it's very difficult to, um, for, for IT team or for the security team, right, to, um, get a full visibility of what is all the workloads are running. Right. And, uh, and how do we, uh, how, how, how should we actually try to track these instances on an ongoing basis and uh, also try to apply different kind of a security practices to them? Yeah. So this has been actually a big challenge for almost for every single organization. And let, let's not uh, forget actually, even when customers are moving to the cloud, they still have their own on-premise, you know, data center to manage, you know, their on-premise endpoint environment to manage, right? So. So it has been actually um, a super difficult, right, for, for the team to leverage a different set of tools to manage the on-premise and the cloud environment. So it's highly desirable for the customer to just use you know, one single tool of, you know, one set of, one single two set of tools, right, to manage both on-premise and the cloud infrastructure. Yeah, that's a really great point, Elon. That's a really great point. So how is BigFix multi-cloud helping solve these problems? Let's pretend that we're already an existing BigFix customer. And with BigFix 10, we released the multi-cloud functionality with BigFix. Now, we've, we've always been able to manage devices in the cloud, whether that, you know public or private. But what multi-cloud brings us as a BigFix customer is the ability to reach into that cloud provider uh, using uh, you know a set of our cloud provider credentials and pull back data on the endpoints without having a big fix agent on them. That's where the, the, the visibility comes into play. So within moments of setting up this plugin server and, and having my you know, Amazon credentials, you know, um, VMware, uh, Google Cloud or, or Azure, um, I am pulling back information on hundreds of endpoints that are with, within that cloud provider and what you know, geography they're in and you know, all the various data points that we can scrape from that cloud provider that they're providing via that API. And so that's where we're getting the visibility, right? And so now I can see exactly what's in Microsoft, 
what's in Amazon and so forth. So that, that that's the kind of the first key to the puzzle. What comes next is the ability to deploy a big fix agent to those cloud endpoints. That's really what we're after as a big fix customer, because it's, it's one thing to have visibility. And that's great for just some you know basic reporting and every few moments have a new polling of that environment and pulling yet more endpoints in, right? In an automated fashion. But the ability to have an agent on the endpoint, think about what that gives us. Now I get even more granular data back on what that end, endpoint's composition is, right? So even deeper detail on the operating system, deeper detail on the uptime of the operating system. Within seconds, I know exactly what its patch compliancy is, uh, whether, you know, for Microsoft or, you know, again, any of the supported operating systems that we can put an agent on. So you think about all the big fixed functionality we have, and you just keep extending it into that cloud environment. And what about devices that are in the cloud that already have a big fix agent on, which is probably going to be true for some of our customers already? Yep, that would be true for many. So with the addition of the cloud plugin server, we correlate those two uh, unique devices within view for you know reporting. So we denote whether it's a cloud uh, device uh, within our web UI, uh, but we also denote whether it has a big fix agent on it. So you're going to see whether it has just an agent, whether it's just cloud managed with, via the plugin, or whether it has both on it. But you're not going to see duplicate devices. Big fix will correlate that for you. And then you can fill in the gaps by deploying the agent where possible. Absolutely. That's magic right there. I mean, it's so confusing when you see like, I don't know, multiple machines with the same name and, you know, are they, you know, how, are, are they the same? Are they different? Did somebody just happen to, <laughs> you know, to use the same name? I remember some point with VMs having like 200 machines that were named computer, like literally <laughs> 200 machines named computer. It was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, uh, that correlation has got to be amazing. Yeah. You know, and even in big fix, I mean, certainly possible to have two machines named the same, right? Big fix, you know, we don't track machines by machine name. Uh, I mean, in part we do, but every machine gets a unique enumeration within big fix. And then the other properties that we're collecting, uh, whether it's from, you know, our, our multi-cloud plugin or whether it's using our agent is going to help differentiate two, you know, like name machines for one another. So generally not too big of a deal uh, from that perspective. We, we also have new relevance inspectors for cloud that you can actually get some information about the device using the native agent and actually target things based upon that information as well, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Yeah, I also would like to emphasize the kind of the, the value proposition of, um, you know, being able to consolidate all the endpoints, no matter where they are running, uh, you know, it could be running actually in AWS, Azure, or GCP, right? BigFace is able to retrieve, actually, I mean, identify all these endpoints and retrieve all the properties related with these endpoints and make them available in a single pane of glass. And, you know, admin will be able to filter or search the devices based on the cloud properties. You know, for example, right, if you want to find out actually, all the, you know, Red Hat machines that are running across different cloud environments, across different regions or zones, you will be able to do actually within a second in BigFix. Yeah. And, and, you know, I use the scenario of what this means for an existing BigFix customer, but even a, you know, a potential customer 
that that currently doesn't run big fix obviously the same benefits are there but big fix is extremely simple to stand up from an infrastructure perspective and again put the big spotlight of visibility on these cloud endpoints much like it would for you know an existing installed customer so the the benefits are there whether you're an existing customer or not so we've talked a lot about the benefits that we're seeing but you know have we have we had do we have enough people who are using this in real life who are like you know, what are the users actually saying, you know, whether they're like beta or actually fully in production? I mean, are they getting the benefit that we that we think they're going to get? <laughs> have, we, have we seen enough of it to be able to say, yeah, absolutely, this is making a difference in our customers, you know, perspectives? Yeah, I, th- I think the benefits that BigFace is providing for multi-cloud management is pretty clear. And uh, most of the customers were able to kind of recognize it right away, right? So many customers have already tried the big multi-cloud capability, especially the endpoint discovery feature. Um, they have already provided you good suggestion and comments for us to continue to enhance that. Right? So for example, right, so we also want to be able to more effectively discover endpoints using a cloud, using an IAM roles, right? Each cloud provider has its kind of own IAM role definitions. We have to truly kind of handle the, the discrepancy there, but our goal is to continue to enhance the BigFix multi-cloud so we'll be able to more effectively discover all the endpoints and then you know, once you, know, you put the agent there, I mean, we'll be able to kind of more effectively manage all the endpoints. Yeah, and to Elon's point and perhaps to um, you know the query regarding customer feedback, we have customers, obviously, uh, we've had this out for almost a year, if I, if I think back. And so we have customers that have deployed this. And, you know, if you think about the way we, we brought visibility into BigFix, you know, before, you know, doing network scans, several years ago, that was kind of an accepted practice. Uh, as I've worked with customers, both with on-prem and cloud, just in the last two or three recent years, you just can't do a, an NMAP scan of the network and, and use that ability that's built into BigFix anymore. You just can't fire that off. You, you're going to you're going to raise at minimum uh, some alarms with the network security team. Uh, these are all things that really need to be planned out real proactively. And so what the multi-cloud plugin gives us and what customers really do appreciate about it is that it gives us that visibility without doing uh, a network scan like we would traditionally do for traditional on-prem endpoints. And it does this uh, on a periodic basis, invisible to other mechanisms or tools and it's not going to generate any, you know, security alarms or your buzzers going off uh, with the uh, network security team in regard to how we collect that. So again, using, using what the cloud providers give us natively is so much more efficient and friendly for the customer's network. And that's one reason they like it. And then as Elon pointed out, uh, they are feeding back copious amounts of feedback on what they would like to see this evolve into as far as what is our next capability with that cloud plugin capability. So Elon, tell me about setting up the plugin portal for multi-cloud. Our engineering team has done a great job, right? So basically to extend this kind of a you know, multi-cloud management to all different kind of cloud provider infrastructures, we actually um, have a very simple deployment model, right? So customers just need to uh, set up a, a plugin uh, portal, uh, which is a, you know, another server. And uh, then customer can install different kind of a plugin modules on top of the plugin server. Each plugin module is responsible for connecting to a cloud 
uh, infrastructure and uh, discover endpoints and, and manage the endpoints. So uh, it's, it's just very easy uh, to, to set up the infrastructure for, for this kind of cloud, multi-cloud environment. Uh, and it's very easy to extend that. And uh, as I mentioned, right, so I mean, we actually continuously discover the endpoints. You know, even the, the frequency of the discovery actually is configurable, right? I mean, by default, it's two hours. But you know, if you want to increase the frequency of the discovery endpoints, it's definitely actually doable. So, so I mean, it's, it's probably why actually, um, many customers have already tried that, have you know, even put this one in a production. Yeah, because uh, it was very relatively easy to uh, deploy this multi-cloud infrastructure. And you can set up just one or many, depending on your needs. You don't have to do them all. Exactly. Yeah. So you can you can have a multiple actually uh, deep uh, plugin portal servers. Maybe actually one for each different environment or for each different cloud infrastructure. So and we'll continue to enhance the scalabilities uh, for each plugin portal, right? So. Mm-hmm. And add new capabilities to it in the future. Definitely, yeah. Have we had any of our customers use the multi-cloud capability to actually like recover hosting costs? You know, seeing machines that they didn't know were still alive and kicking. And have we seen any of our customers use Big Fix from that cost recovery perspective? That's just me asking curiously. <laughs> for for cost recovery means actually they want to be able to identify maybe some unused endpoints. Yeah, yeah, endpoints that somebody spun up and they used it for a couple hours or a week or a month or for some project that they don't need it for anymore and it's just sitting out there essentially idle. Or there's also the, like, not right-sized, like maybe uh, VMs that are out there that are bigger than they need to be. Yeah. Just curious. I don't, I don't know if, if we've seen that use case, but... Yeah, I... I, th- I think, you know, and I'll let Elon may talk more to this, but, you know, from my perspective, this is about visibility first and foremost, mm-hmm. knowing what you have, and, and certainly that lends itself to what you have in the cloud already and what's popping up. But the visibility for me, if I think from a big fix administrator, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I need to patch devices across multiple public clouds and maybe a private cloud, I, I need visibility to know what I don't have an agent on. Mm-hmm. As a big fixed administrator, I want to put an agent on everything that I'm authorized to put an agent on. And so for me, you know, it's 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 not necessarily about the the billing, although that mm-hmm. would be a, a pretty interesting strategic area to get into, I think. But I'll, I'll let Elon talk to, you know, where we're going there. Yeah. Yeah. So in general, um, in kind of entire you know, cloud management solution area, right? So cost cost reduction or cost control, right? It has been a very hot topic, right? So because, you know, because of the proliferation of the cloud endpoints, right? In, in different kind of cloud infrastructure, right? So many customers um, you know, are surprised by the, the massively actually bill that they are getting from, you know, from AWS, for example, right? So customers have been asking, you know, why can we just, you know, try to identify all the resources, you know, that are not being actively used, right? And maybe you can try to reduce these resources and uh, which would basically reduce the, the monthly cost, right, from AWS, right? So cost management is, is actually a pretty hot topic. Today in BigFace, we don't really have a kind of a cost management solution, you know, especially for the cloud, for, for controlling the cloud resource usage. 
Um, however, I mean, as Dan mentioned, right, so we have a greater traceability functions. Uh, also, with our big face inventory solutions, uh, customer will be able to find out you know, exactly what actually software application have been deployed right on each endpoints, right? So with with this kind of cloud endpoints, the hardware and the OS and the software property information all actually retrievable by Bigfix and present to the customer. Customer will be able to make a, a decision, right? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. for any kind of resources that is not being actively used, right? What if they should do something about it? Yeah. No, that's that's yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So no, that makes total sense. It was more, yeah, like I said, kind of a personal question. It was a big deal, I think, er- earlier on when when you know, I think a lot of organizations were were less cloud capable than they are today. I think most customers are probably more mature in their cloud journey than they were kind of back when I was doing it. So I, I know for me, whenever I'm spinning up a new VM in AWS, I spend a lot of time, uh, or, or Google Cloud for that matter, I, I spend a lot of time trying to figure out the relative costs and benefits of all the different VMs and trying to figure out how that fits in with the workload that I need to put in there. So it is a it is a constant ongoing problem of like, what do we have? What do we need? And how do we right size it? And what are the relative costs of each item? That's something that would be ideal if we could surface that better. Yeah. I guess though, with the real-time properties, somebody was telling me the other day, we we're talking about multi-cloud and they said, you know, it's it's the difference between knowing that I've got a jar of pickles and there's 25 pickles in there, but what kind of pickles they are, how big they are, you know, I mean, that that's really the properties, right? So the workload, you know, how much RAM or, you know, memory, how much of this or that, you know, is part of each of those machines. I mean, that, again, that just, that manageability aspect is, is pretty key, you know, beyond just the patching and the, and the attack surface and that kind of stuff, but the, the deeper details of it. So that makes total sense. And, and certainly w- with our properties, Richard properties and analyses, we can make a lot of those decisions. So it's all goodness. Perhaps because we live and talk big fixes, big fixers, and it's easy not to bring this up perhaps, but it's silly not to. We're doing this across Windows operating systems, Linux operating systems. Uh, when, when you think about the various enterprise class tool sets available out there. Big Fix is unique in not just the, the breadth of spread from a OS management capability, but from a, a network simplicity, right? So all, all that simplicity that customers have always appreciated about Big Fix on-prem also extends itself into the cloud, right? I, I'm managing these endpoints with a single port. Right, I'm keeping things simple from that perspective, and yet I'm able to assess their properties, continually assess those properties um, should any one of those properties change, and remediate against yeah, you know, my patch compliance, but also remediate against uh, configuration drift and policize any and all of those things so that I I can be as I always hate to use the term set and forget. Sometimes I feel like that has a negative view by a lot of people, but we can almost get there with the way we can policize things and big fix so that 
from a set and forget perspective, it, it doesn't mean that it's it's out of sight, that I'm not gathering the fact that Big Fix is actively remediating things, but it means that as an admin and, and for any Big Fix admin, I want them to spend as little time at their keyboard and clicking on their mouse uh, in Big Fix as possible. And that's where the, you know, the, the automation aspect of Big Fix comes in across all these operating systems, across all the content we offer for you know patch, for any client-specific uh, content like software distributions or even other out-of-the-box content like our Centers for Internet Security uh, benchmarks. All this is automated assessment and we can automate the remediation across all those operating systems. And that's that's something that I you know, I just wanted to make sure we drove home on that one. Yeah, and an endpoint is an endpoint is an endpoint, and it doesn't matter where it is. It's treated the same way no matter what, whether it's sitting in somebody's home office or it's sitting in a AWS data center somewhere. Exactly. Very cool. Well, thank you, Dan and Elon, for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. All right. That was great. Thanks, uh, Elong and uh, Dan, for your time today. Really appreciate it. So we've heard a lot about Big Fix V10 and all the features and that we're delivering and the new capabilities. But what is the value to our customers, Michelle? Oh, it's huge. It's really huge. So, you know, with insights for vulnerability remediation, with modern client management, and with Big Fix multi-cloud management, we've given the customer the ability to further reduce the cost and complexity of their environment. Um, they can do more consolidation of solutions because Big Fix can do a lot more. So they might be able to you know, get rid of some additional solutions that are costing extra money. Bringing teams together, you know, SecOps can work with InfraOps with less friction. The cloud uh, operations team can also work together with um, InfraOps more easily. We've got shared uh, you know, visibility for all the device information uh, with a solution that's purpose-built for these modern use cases. So we've reduced the complexity of you know, bringing data in from multiple data sources. So over and all, the customer is going to save a lot of money, reduce risk more quickly, and just have a better time working together. It's definitely time to upgrade to Big Fix 10. And for all of our customers that have Big Fix lifecycle and compliance, you are entitled to all of this value already. So it's really, really time to start using it. Wow. So that is awesome. Um, I, I'm, I'm super jazzed. I mean, I love my job and I, I love our product, but um, it just seeing it all laid out together like this is, um, is, is phenomenal. So first, you know, thanks, Michelle, for joining us today. This has been really great. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thanks to uh, and and thanks to you, James, for uh, all you do to make this podcast uh, a success. Well, and thanks to you, Rhonda, as well. Thanks to our listeners for joining us today on Endpoint Management Today. This podcast is the brainchild of myself and Rhonda. The program is edited by me, James Stewart. Original music is from Dan Corcoran, Big Fix Specialist. 